You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Again, to check out all you need there, game picks, previews, betting. we got fantasy in-depth for you, my startup sit column. We have our positional rankings, sleepers, busts, anything you can imagine that you need, DFS advice. And we put that all together here for you on Locked On Fantasy Football. We're on Thursday of this week, ahead of Week 10 in the NFL. That means it's a matchup Thursday. We're going to look at the back half of games all the way through Sunday night and Monday night football. Some good ones there involving the West teams there. Kansas City at Las Vegas and uh, the Rams playing at the 49ers there to cap things off. So a lot of good stuff. We also have a nice one there in late afternoon window where we might have both quarterbacks back in full service there. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in the Seahawks-Packers matchup at Lambeau Field. So a lot of good stuff to break down here. We'll get into those games here in a moment. Again, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. I also can proudly tell you this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you for our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's get into the games that we did not get to. We have a few games to clean up from the early window, but then we'll turn our attention to afternoon and then the primetime games that close the week here in Week 10. Lions-Steelers, we didn't get to this one. We're still waiting to see some of the injuries and things playing out with the final line here, but the initial line on Monday that we attacked there on Sporting News uh, was the Steelers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. So follow up the Bears, where the Bears did a backdoor cover. They couldn't handle the Bears there in the fourth quarter. It looked pretty good there, but I expect the Steelers will be a little bit more focused here on the short week. The Lions are coming off a bye, so interesting uh, dichotomy there. It's a 43 over-under, so not expecting a lot of points. All right, let's start with the Lions. Pretty easy. Avoid all the Lions except for DeAndre Swift. And if you need him, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. You probably do. Hawkinson coming off a good game against the Eagles before the bye. So you feel good about him again as a tight end one. DeAndre Swift, uh, Jamal Williams might miss another game with a thigh injury. So that's good for Swift. He figured there's going to be a negative game script, which is going to get him involved in the passing game. So he's kind of like Austin Eckler, except on a bad team. And uh, again, it has been the case all season long. Swift and Hawkinson are the best fantasy assets. Again, we don't know what they're going to do coming off a bye wide receiver, who's healthy, where they're going to go with Khalif Raymond and Amon Ross and Brown and some of these other guys that they have that have been middling options. So avoid everything on the lines except for Swift and Hawkinson, and that, that's probably the best way to go going forward. And never avoid the defense that's playing the Lions, especially when they're the Steelers at home in Heinz Field. So good smash spot here for the Steelers. The Lions got destroyed by the Eagles there and uh, gave up a massive game defensively. So Steelers should be looking at their chops here, especially the way they kind of uh, wilted there against the Bears on Monday night. So a little bit of motivation for TJ Watt and company to clean up. Now, this is not a bad week to stream Ben Roethlisberger. He did get a couple touchdowns on 
the Monday night game, both to Pat Freermuth to tight end. So Freermuth pops in as a tight end one this week. If you don't have a regular player there, you can definitely look at Freermuth there as being an option. Uh, definitely is uh, benefited from no Eric Ebron. He should probably miss another game with a hamstring. No Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's become the third target pretty key. What we're watching for is Chase Claypool. I really like the matchup, but we got to watch the toe injury. He didn't practice early in the week. I love Claypool making a big play against the Lions. If he's out there against the secondary, that's pretty bad. I also like Deontay Johnson this week to do some damage here. So Steelers principles get them in, but it all circles back to the play of the week here in this game. It's Najee Harris. So if you're doing a DFS stack, Steelers defense, Najee Harris makes a lot of sense this week. Najee should get the ball. Often the Steelers will want to shorten the game. We look at the 43 over under. He's going to dominate on the ground here. Easy ticket for 100-plus yards on the ground. Definitely going to score here this week. So, again, I see the Steelers in complete control this one. Their offense is starting to look pretty good here. So I like it a lot here for everything Steelers, and naturally. But we'll just see if Claypool is going to be involved. If Claypool doesn't play, Deontay is going to have a lot more value here. You might see a little bit more value for James Washington, but that's going to bump up Freermuth and Johnson even more in this matchup. But let's hope Chase Claypool goes, because again, this screams like he can make a big play downfield against his team, uh, beating someone in coverage and uh, helping Roethlisberger stretch the field after the catch. So let's hope that's the case. This is a next game is a potential shootout here as we go out to the West Coast and Vikings Chargers. So we get into the four o'clock games here. The Vikings are two and a half point underdogs here on the road. It's always the Vikings being one possession underdogs and they're trying to figure out how to win a close game. It seems to be the case. They're the new Chargers folks. I mean, the Chargers used to lose these close games like nobody's business with Anthony Lynn and other coaches. Now the Chargers are looking good in these close games. They won that game last week against the Eagles and that's why they're leading the AFC West, and they're the number three seed right now be behind the Titans and Ravens. So, great season so far with the Chargers. Brandon Staley's coach of the year. Justin Herbert is putting it back all together again. So, let's start with them. Let's get excited about them. We watched Keenan Allen. He didn't practice early with a knee injury, but he should be fine coming off a smash game. We thought it would be a big game for him against the Eagles with underneath passing. So, they figured some things out there. So, now the Chargers uh, should be more confident again. Justin Herbert had a get-well game. This is a game where you can stretch the field and make the big plays. Here, the Vikings play zone defense, but look at what's happened to their cornerback core. There's no Patrick Peterson. Bashad Breeland is hurting. Cameron Dantzler is hurting. Fire up Mike Williams. I think this is a get-well game for Mike Williams stretching the field. The Vikings don't have a lot of speed back there. Their pass rush is compromised with no Daniel Hunter. Anthony Barr is hurting as well in the front seven, so... Really no one to pressure, and I know that you look at the Vikings, they have those safeties, right? Uh, Harrison Smith can clean up in the middle of the field, so go after these corners badly. That means Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Herbert, all have game, big games. So yeah, Allen, let's watch that, but he falls into more wide receiver too because I think it's going to be a Williams game, and I think Williams bumps up. He's had some quiet times here because teams have been taking away the big play, but the Vikings have struggled to do that against anyone here. So Williams should be good here as a wide receiver too as well with a bullet. Maybe produce a little bit more than Allen this week. Austin Eckler in great shape every week, as he always is. I'd avoid the tight ends here for the Chargers, but Herbert looks great here to put up the numbers, and the over-under is great. It should be quite a bit of a shootout here because of another element going. Now, if you want to play the Chargers defense, you're hoping for a big play from the pass. The Chargers can kind of pull away from the Vikings in this one, so keep that in mind that 
They had that potential with the big plays in the passing game and Eckler to do that and cause the Vikings to play trail garbage time for much of this game and maybe make it close to the end. So keep that in mind. The Chargers are a bit of sneaky defensive play for maybe the big play potential here, more so than uh, giving up the yards and scoring here in this game. Now the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, this Chargers secondary, looks like they'll get Asante Samuel back, which can help in the slot. They had a concussion last week and uh, really helped the Eagles with Devonta Smith, but Michael Davis might miss the game outside with a hamstring. So this could be another Justin Jefferson game on the outside. If Samuel plays, he's been really good in the slot, so that might contain Adam Thielen a little bit in this one, but Thielen had to rely on that uh, touchdown last week to really salvage his numbers. We told you that the Ravens would uh, struggle against the speed of Jefferson, but handle it with Marlon Humphrey inside against Thielen for the most part, and that's what happened. So I think the Chargers are kind of built the same way with Samuel there, especially if Davis missed the game on the outside. That's going to help Jefferson once again. But the volume is going to be there for Kirk Cousins. Thielen is still a play. I still think he's a wide receiver 2-3 borderline this week. Well, I think uh, you have uh, Jefferson being more that smash wide receiver 1 again this week. Now, Dalvin Cook also has a terrific matchup. There's a lot of things going on with Dalvin Cook. Ugly incident. We're trying to figure out what his role may have been or if he was a victim and all that. So hopefully that all sorts out here for him and uh, it will find things out. But it's not going to affect his usage for this week. So Dalvin Cook, the Chargers run defense has been awful. We saw Jordan Howard kind of destroy it last week. So that's how the Vikings are going to stay in the game. A lot of Dalvin Cook. More of Dalvin Cook. So that's why I don't love Kirk Cousins. I don't know if he's necessarily going to have to put up a lot of the yardage in this game. They could keep it close with the running game. There will still be some garbage passing, but I think there's also going to be some mistakes here. So Cousins, a little bit of a trap play this week. Uh, when things always look great for Kirk Cousins, that's when they're a little bit questionable. I think they're, this is the potential here. This is the Chargers pass defense much better than their run defense. And again, Cook, Cook, Cook. They need to get well and, and of course that protect their defense in this one as well. So I think Dalvin can smash it. Definitely 100-plus yards from scrimmage and a score for him. The scores have been very elusive for Dalvin Cook as they've been throwing a lot in the red zone. If you need Tyler Conklin at tight end, you can also look at him. The Chargers give up a lot to the tight end. So, again, Jefferson, Thielen, Conklin, Cook, Cousins, if you can avoid him. He's not a terrible play, but I think there's some better plays to push him outside of the top 12 this week. All right, that takes care of the Lions, Steelers, Vikings, Chargers game. We still have to get the Panthers, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers. We got uh, the Eagles and Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, the uh, Rams, 49ers. That's all coming up here on our show here, matchup Thursday, breaking down the second half games of week number 10. We told you at to the top, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get Tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Now, you got to reconnect with your local McDonald's. Uh, mine is just around the corner. Really good folks who work there. They work hard. Make sure you feel at home every time you stop by. And uh, if you're just... Uh, popping through the drive-thru. They're going to take care of you, but if you need to stay there for a while, maybe do some work and uh, need some coffee and need to sit there for a while and uh, need a break from your home office, they're going to be there for you too as well. So head to your McDonald's right now to refill and reconnect. Did somebody say Lockdown Fantasy Football Watch Party? Again, McDonald's, we got to say it. I'm loving it. And ba-da-ba-da-ba. 
This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Get Upside. This is Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football, an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, uh, time to continue the show. We'll break down two more games in the segment before we uh, push towards prime time here to close the week, Sunday night, Monday night football. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. All right, so the next game we're going to look at is the Panthers and Cardinals. And the, the quarterbacks are on alert here because we do have a quarterback change for the Panthers. We had an incomplete fracture of the right shoulder of Sam Darnold. That's the reasoning, I guess, that he's not been playing well. He did play through right shoulder, not very well at all against the Patriots, but he's out. P.J. Walker's starting. They signed Matt Barkley to be the starter, so big spread, as you can imagine, with that news for the Cardinals. Ten and a half, 44 over under. There's also a lot of uncertainty on the other side with Kyler Murray. Missed last week in the ankle injury. Colt McCoy had to start. He played pretty well, and they beat the 49ers with a running game, so uh, a lot of uh, question marks there. Murray maybe has a chance to return, but they'll be careful in the ankle, especially knowing that P.J. Walker and a limited Panthers team is coming in. Now with the Panthers, where can you go? P.J. Walker downgrades everything. I think there might be a slow pivot to Robbie Anderson over D.J. Moore. Moore has been doing nothing with Darnold, so maybe a little bit of spark of late here with uh, Walker will help, but we don't know where to go. But one guy that we think we can rely on is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he was supposed to be limited last week. And he came back in a tough matchup where they weren't doing else anything else against the Patriots. What did he do? Just go over 100 yards from scrimmage. Pretty ho-hum day for him coming back from a hamstring injury. So it was great because we thought he could be shut down until the bye. But he came back, gave us a little bit more confidence. So McCaffrey still going to get his numbers. We know that. When he's healthy and on the field, McCaffrey gets his numbers in some way. We'd like a touchdown with those numbers this week. And I think we'll get it. If there's anyone going to find the end zone for Carolina, it's got to be run CMC. So good to see him looking good. Let's hope he stays good the rest of the season here for us in fantasy. But DJ Moore could struggle. The Cardinals secondary has actually been playing pretty well. Again, I don't trust this passing game at all with P.J. Walker in there, especially with no one else doing anything. And easy to double-team and take out uh, D.J. Moore here as well. And that's also been happening here with Sam Darnold. Now, the Panthers' defense, if uh, Colt McCoy's in there, you might feel a little bit better about playing them, but not at all if Kyler Murray's in there. We'll see about DeAndre Hopkins as well. So the principles here for the Cardinals all hurting. Hopkins uh, never misses games, but he missed last week of the hamstring. It was just too painful. So neither uh, Murray nor Hopkins practiced early in the week. So something to watch. I think if they both get a limited session, I think at some point they'll be good to go by Friday. But, again, we've got to watch that very carefully. A.J. Green set to return. He was on the COVID-19 list, but you might not have Rondell Moore in the lineup either for the Cardinals. He has a neck and concussion here, so those are two scary injuries. Didn't practice over the week, so could be a lot of A.J. Green and Christian Kirk this week. We thought that would work out a little bit better last week. They simply didn't need 
uh, Kirk that much. They took some shots there. Didn't really use more with the green out as well as Hopkins. So, again, it could be trappy, especially if the Panthers don't provide much resistance. They're just going to simply pivot to the running game. So there's an opportunity, though, for Green and Kirk being the receivers there. If there's no more, no Hopkins. If Hopkins plays, I don't think you can trust Green as much, but you still can look at Kirk with no more. So a lot of things we've got to figure out there. Chase Edmonds uh, is going to miss the game with an ankle injury. So he'd been playing through a shoulder injury, but hurt his ankle there last week against the 49ers. It was the James Conner show, even more so than before. He's up to 11 touchdowns in his season so far, folks. Incredible season here for James Conner. This is doing as a complimentary back here for Edmonds. Now he gets the full load as the lead. Eno Benjamin slides in as a little used second guy. He did score last week, but don't chase that. It's still James Conner getting the volume here. And Conner could be even more important against the Panthers. You can run on the Panthers a lot easier than the pass. And if there's those limitations and or there's no Murray and or there's no Hopkins, a lot of things to sort out there. It's Either way, it all points to a James Conner smash spot here as the Cardinals will try to shorten the game and take care of business. The game script here, a 10.5 point favorite. It's only 44 is the over-under, so not expecting a lot. So really, if Murray doesn't play and Hopkins doesn't play, I don't know if I would force too much here as it's going to be the McCaffrey-Conner show. Another good stack. We talked about uh, Najee Harris and the Steelers' defense. Well, James Conner and the Cardinals' defense, really good stack as well, playing at home in the desert against the limited Carolina offense, except for CMC. All right, let's turn our attention to the Seahawks-Packers game. This is the marquee 425 p.m. Eastern Time game there. This is on uh, your CBS network. Let's look. Uh, it's a 50 over-under there. The Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I guess that is assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to clear protocol by Saturday. Oh, man. Uh, it's just hard with Aaron Rodgers. He, it seems very nonchalant about, oh, maybe I may return, maybe I won't. It's very annoying here in the middle of the season, especially if you're counting on Rodgers. And really, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, I mean, dragged both of them down last week. So come on, Rodgers. Play and uh, help us out here and uh, take care of your own business here. It's getting really annoying. Be like Russell Wilson on the other side. He said, you know what? I'm tired of being out for the finger injury. I don't, I'm not a guy who misses games. I'm coming back. I'm helping my Seahawks and, most importantly, our fantasy football players. So I digress here, but Wilson definitely going to return for the Seahawks. He's a QB1. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The Packers secondary is beat up. No Jair Alexander. Kevin King has not been effective. You have Eric Stokes now battling a knee injury. So fire up Russell Wilson. Coming off a good rest here. So DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back to normal here. DK is wide receiver one. Lockett wide receiver two with upside. Chris Carson could also return from his neck injury. And Alex Collins battling a growing issue. So it could be time. So he's expected to practice this week. So Seahawks could uh, turn everything around here and suddenly have... Wilson and Carson there to help Metcalf and Lockett. So all those principles play if you got him, uh, Carson. Think of him more as an RB2 this week as he returns. But everyone else in their normal spots here for the Seahawks offense. I, I like this game to be a shootout, especially if Rodgers returns here. Pretty close and good fantasy points all around. So Rodgers returns. You have Aaron Rodgers against a weak Seahawks run defense that shoots up to one of the top RB plays. Devontae Adams much improves here. No one can... Uh, Cover him on the Seahawks should he get catching balls from Rodgers. You can extend Alan Lazard if you're looking for a few big plays. Lazard did score with Jordan Love last week, so something to look at. They also don't have the tight end being as big a factor with Robert Tunyon down for the season with the ACL. 
we didn't see a lot of Josiah Deguara or Mercedes Lewis replacing him, so that really helps Lazard here as being a kind of possession guy until they potentially add someone else to this mix. So, yeah, so Lazard is a guy that you can look at as wide receiver three, Adams wide receiver one, Jones RB1, Rodgers QB1, assuming he can return this week and are going to avoid the defenses really badly in this game. Unless uh, we have Jordan Love starting against the Seahawks, then that changes it, and we might look at Seattle as a streamer uh, for Pete Carroll this week. All right, that takes care of two more games on the slate here for week number 10 in uh, fantasy football and reality football. We'll break down the final three games with our uh, fantasy and a little bit of gambling angles there for you in our final segment. We're back and better than ever. New web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, uh, we're providing you the no-nonsense locked-on fantasy football analysis of these games. We try to do it as quickly as possible, but also not skimp on the details here, everything you need to know for these games. So that's what we do. We detail, we research everything, we look at uh, the vibes, uh, be aware of all the injuries and the matchups on both sides. So that's what we do here at Locked-on Fantasy Football. Let's continue doing it here on Matchup Thursday. We're up to the Eagles-Broncos game. This one is in Denver. The Broncos are three-point favorites only by field goal, despite smashing the Cowboys last week. 44 is the over-under. That was the, one of the shockers of the week. Plenty of shockers last week. Fantasy, we broke that down a little bit on Roundup Monday. The takeaways there. Let's start with the home team on this one, the Broncos. I actually like the Eagles to win this game, so one. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I like him as well, because a little bit of underneath throwing, I think. The Eagles, the running game... For the Broncos, they'll be going that direction a little bit more. So Bridgewater is a little bit of borderline there. Deeper leagues, you could play him with QB1, but I, I, I'm i I'm a little cooled off on him, to be honest, this week. I think it's going to be more about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, again, he's been decent, but he's just not an exciting play there. So the other development here is that Tim Patrick has an injury. He didn't practice here early, the wide receiver. We'll see about Darius Slay on the other side. He has a hamstring issue, got hurt last week. Avante Maddox, their slot corner, is also hurting. So we'll monitor big play Slay, and if he's going to have to miss a game, that's going to be a big help to Cortland Sutton. Otherwise, I see Jerry Judy smashing it, given Patrick is hurting, and Noah Fant as well. So this is a Judy Fant game. So you might get some decent numbers for Bridgewater there, but I think it's more like in the 200, maybe two touchdown range. But I think Gordon and Williams are also going to be a factor. Scoring here, the Eagles' run defense could be pretty vulnerable. So usual split. With Gordon and, Will- and Williams, maybe you look at uh, Gordon as a high-end RB2 this week. And you look at uh, maybe Williams having a little bit flex appeal that bumps into RB2 based on the usage. So they're going to keep feeding those guys after last week's success. against the Cowboys, the Eagles defense against the run is a weaker on paper than the Dallas is. So, yeah, that's where it's going to be. So getting Bridgewater, decent floor, but pretty low ceiling here this week. And that's how we can approach him for this. And if Patrick missed the game, he's been one of his favorite targets that could hurt. But again, Sutton could be benefiting here from a slave disappearance. And, but I still think it's going to go Judy and returning Noah fan from the COVID-19 list here. Based on the way the Eagles coverage is, no bad X, zone defense, playing the safeties back. That's going to help uh, the underneath intermediate inside receivers here for the Broncos. 
Now, you could play the Broncos' defense, but the Eagles don't really turn over the ball. They're just not all that effective. So if you get more credit for containing yards and points, then the Broncos' defense is appealing. But if you need sacks and takeaways, I'm not sure you're going to get a ton here from uh, the Eagles and the Jalen Hurts. You know, the Eagles' defense could be playable as well. I think Bridgewater can make some mistakes. I don't think it's a great matchup for the Broncos' offensive line. Rather beat up here. Garrett Bowles is hurting. Dalton Reisner is hurting. Graham Glasgow is hurting. So it's a pretty tough offensive line matchup there with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox there. So keep that in mind. That could disrupt something inside there, especially in the pass rush. So that's why, again, I like the running game for the Broncos a little bit more and those intermediate receivers for decent yardage days, but that's what you don't like the Broncos to have a big scoring day in this one. They uh, usually drag down teams and have low scoring games here. They, they haven't played all that well at home, to be honest, either. So let's look at the Eagles. Uh, Devonta Smith, oh, you can't trust him really, but again, Pat Sertain could miss the game here. You already have Bryce Callan missing it for the Broncos. So Ronald Darby and uh, Kyle Fuller did play well last week, so keep that in mind if uh, you're hoping for numbers for Devonta Smith. He took advantage of a beat up uh, depleted Chargers secondary last week. The Broncos do have uh, a couple guys missing, but they have a little bit more depth than Los Angeles to contain. Smith, I think Dallas Goddard is okay, but he's more of a back-end tight end one this week. Jalen Hurts is more of a back-end QB one this week. Smith, uh, if you need him, you can play him as a wide receiver three, but and I don't love the usage. It's very inconsistent and fickle. I think they're going to give Jordan Howard more key touches, and really you can only trust him over Boston Scott and Kenneth Gamewell. We've seen past two weeks. Gainwell did score last week, but he did nothing the week before. Boston Scott had the two touchdowns to lead back against the Lions two weeks ago, but he didn't do really do much of note last week in the loss to the Chargers. So, again, the running game should be helped by keeping this game close, where the game script's not going to take him out of it. and have to put in the backs in that situation, so keep that in mind. So, again, Jordan Howard is the lead if you need him as an RB2, just based on the Eagles' more commitment to the run and trusting him most in the goal line situations. If you're desperate for someone else, I'd say Boston Scott is a deep league flex and Gainwell is an even deeper league flex if you're going there this week. All right, time to get into the two primetime games. We have the Chiefs at the Raiders. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home in Las Vegas. 52-and-a-half is the over-under. So I'm expecting get-well game on both sides. Patrick Mahomes didn't do a lot last week. Derek Carr really struggled. A lot of opportunities, but... A lot of it is just self-inflicted wounds on these teams. They move the ball, they have success, but then they have the turnovers and look sloppy and can't keep things together. So I think they're going to use each other's defenses to look a lot better offensively in this game to get going. A lot on the line here as the Raiders are the second-place team, 5-3 and three in the West behind the Chargers, who are also 5-3, and three, who beat the Chiefs and the Raiders, and the Chiefs are 5-4. and four. So a lot personally on the line. So both teams are going to play well, especially the quarterback. So... On the chief side, player principles, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tari Kill, all in their conversation to be the top players at their position once again this week. So Mahomes rebounds. They're going to get it done here. If you need some on the backfield, it's still Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards, Lair, probably still a little bit away, and Derek Gordon's value cannot be trusted. So player four principles for the Chiefs here this week as the Raiders. Avoid the Chiefs defense if you can. Avoid the Raiders defense if you can, despite the turnover issues for both teams of late. We have Derek Carr. He's going to be a back-end QB1 for you this week. Darren Waller right up there with Travis Kelsey is a tight end one. Josh Jacobs is a strong RB2 this week. Kenya Drake is a strong flex this week. Who are we leaving out? Hunter Renfro. He's going to have a pretty good game as a wide receiver too. He did have an ankle issue early in the week, so let's hope he's fine playing through that. But Waller good to go here. 
and he, he should continue to have a big game. Did really well against the Giants, so Renfro should keep it up as well. Again, they have Deshaun Jackson. A lot of people were throwing out Deshaun Jackson as the big play sleeper in this one, the former Ram. Remember, he had a big game early in the season for the Rams, but I don't see it because the Chiefs are playing a little bit more zone defense, protecting against a big play, and we know that in the end, Derek Carr doesn't warm up to guys like Deshaun Jackson as quickly. He's going to stick to his boys, Renfro and Waller and Drake and Jacobs and then Dink and Dunk and the short career meeting. So I wouldn't be that excited about Deshaun Jackson making a big play. And I just don't get it. That's not the Raiders' offense, the nature of it. They felt a little bit liberated without Henry Ruggs and John Gruden. So that says Derek Carr's going to go more to his natural instincts. And I think he has a lot more control of this offense with Greg Olson as well without uh, John Gruden in there at all. So keep that in mind before you get excited about Deshaun Jackson and his speed making a big play against Chiefs here. Their defense with Steve Spagnuolo will try to limit that as much as possible here as the Raiders do it on the other side here, try to contain Hill and Kelsey. All right, let's uh, go to our final game here. It's the Rams and uh, 49ers. So the Rams coming off a clunker, Matthew Stafford in particular, against the Titans. I mean, the wide receivers got it done with their yardage in the end with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Daryl Henderson wasn't bad, but they didn't manage a touchdown until the late pass to Sonny Michelle when Daryl Henderson was kept out. So we'll see about Daryl Henderson. He had an ankle issue late in the game. They might have just been precautionary in putting Sonny Michelle in with the game out of hand, but still something we should watch because Michelle would pop in right away into the RB1 conversation should Henderson miss any time. And that's what a lot of people with Michelle have been holding on to because he's been unplayable while Henderson has still been healthy. The 49ers' run defense really struggled last week, and they struggled against backs in the passing game as well. So they missed Drake Greenlaw, some of the things they had on the second level. So, yeah, it's pretty bad here for the 49ers' defense. A lot of injuries really wreaking havoc on their ability to stop anything. So Henderson, you feel really good as an RB2 with some upside into RB1 status this week. Based on volume, should he play? Michelle, again, has some borderline RB1, RB2 status. Should he have to take over? Cooper Cup should smash it. This 49ers secondary is pretty bad. We know it. They've reshuffled, tried to find some healthy bodies there. They're missing Joukowsky Tart at safety. The Jimmy Ward, uh, one of their better corners, should return this week uh, playing uh, free safety, kind of in that uh, nickel role pretty much for the 49ers. But still like Cooper Cup a lot. Still like Robert Woods a lot. Don't like Tyler Higby as much. I think this may be a chance to get Van Jefferson going again. The 49ers can give up some big plays downfield. Their pass rush really not getting it done the way you expect with Nick Bosa. So... More of these injury concerns really cramping the style of the 49ers. But the principles here, Stafford, feel good about him as a QB1 again this week. Cup and Woods, Cup is a wide receiver 1, Woods is a wide receiver 2, 3 borderline this week. Van Jefferson, you need him as a wide receiver 3, no Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson, RB2, or Sonny Michel. Rams defense I would avoid here. I know the 49ers have been making some mistakes, but they seem to have success always moving the ball against the Rams. So avoid the Rams defense. It's also on the road in prime time. I also don't play, like playing defense as much in that spot. Three and a half is the over-under. So we expect the 49ers to keep it close as well. 48 and a half is the total here. So let's look at the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell getting it done in the passing game as well. Jeff Wilson was available, but they didn't use him at all. So Eli Mitchell still the man here in the 49ers backfield. George Kittle playing him as a tight end one once again. Nice return against the Cardinals last week. Brandon Ayuk could see some action here as well. Debo Samuel figures to see a little bit of Jalen Ramsey. You're still playing Debo, but he drops some more wide receiver two status. That gives Ayuk a chance here on the other side against Darius uh, Johnson. Some other guys they have in coverage to produce again as he was out of the doghouse clearly last week. So... 
Could be more of an Ike-Kittle game than a Samuel game for sure this week. Mitchell, again, by volume alone, you play him, and it's good that they're using him in the passing game to make up for if he has a quiet rushing attack game or doesn't get a touchdown, he can get some value for you there. Catching passes, also going to avoid the 49ers defense. Also going to avoid uh, Jimmy Garoppolo here in this game. Uh, just not going there. Just not excited. Maybe we'll see Trey Lance. Should the 49ers lose this game, fall out of uh, contention in the NFC West, feel less uh, confident about their wildcard chances that we might see a pivot to Trey Lance, much like we've seen with Justin Fields taking over for the Bears. All right, so there you have it. There's a breakdown of all the games of week number 10 from a fantasy football perspective. Again, if you missed the first half of games, starting with the Thursday night game tonight against the with the Ravens playing the Dolphins, check it out there on Matchup Wednesday and put it together with this, and you'll have the breakdown of every game in depth here for a lockdown fantasy football on Matchup Thursday. Now, I also have to tell you about another great show. We talk about uh, betting lines, over-unders, and all that. Lockdown Bets is a show you must check out. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this edition of Matchup Thursday is over. Thanks a lot, and a good luck if you've got any Ravens and Dolphins going tonight. And uh, we'll break it down for you tomorrow, as well as look at DFS and your injury update for the Sunday-Monday games on Light Up Friday.